0: A Makarov 9mm semi-auto from his leather shoulder holster after he jumped out the window. The radio intercepts drove the late night visit, but it was the pistol draw that initiated the combat rules of engagement. For certain, the last thing he saw before being martyred was the fuzzy image of a combat-clad American Delta operator under nods at roughly 10 paces. It was a high noon showdown he was never trained to win. Hap knelt next to me on the opposite side and pulled the AQ facilitator's pocket litter from his left breast pocket. He was a card-carrying member of Jamiat-ul-Alema-i-Pakistan, and his blood-stained ID card and half-folded papers bore the marks of the three-round shot group, the size of a half dollar we had heard earlier while on the wall. I looked up at the shooter. Good hit. "'You're a little rusty,' Hap said. "'I'm used to seeing this the size of a dime.' We could have left it alone that night. We could have stayed in our rat-infested quarters and minded our own business. Instead, we kitted up, bumped knuckles, and turned the target. It was more than simply the commando cocktail kicking in, a term coined by the uber-talented former Delta Commander Pete Blaber to describe the entirely intoxicating mixing of the thrill of the hunt with the thrill of the kill. No, it was much more than that. It was also about commitment to each other and to our countrymen, and sure, on the heels of 9-11, there was a little vigilante justice running through our blood. And that, folks, after a dozen years of war on terror, and as our nation winds down our involvement in Afghanistan and moves to the Horn of Africa or Syria, is still the fundamental motive that drives the full-assault-mode mindset— of one Delta Force Major Colt Racer Rayner. Back for the third time in this Delta Force series, Colt Rayner still has not learned a single thing about listening to authority since he hung it out in Tier One Wild. But hey, when you save POTUS's ass, your pad speed skyrockets in a second. This time though, he should have let it go. He should have aborted the op. But Racer has always marched to his own drummer with a wrecking ball attitude, and when a mate is in the shit or a high-value individual is in his sights, the word abort isn't in his vocabulary. No, in times like that, Colt Rayner defaults to execute, execute, execute. Besides, as you'll see inside, some targeted Tier 1 personalities are just more important than others. Most black spec ops outfits, like Delta Force, SEAL Team 6, or even the British 22SAS, can afford maybe one or two Maverick operators through the life of the organization. More than that, and they are likely to have their operators dispersed into the conventional ranks and the headquarters shuttered, like Dick Marcinko's Red Cell or the Canadian Airborne Regiment. But rest assured, The ones that can keep it together long enough to turn target after target, zig and zag intuitively and consistently get the drop on the skinny in the shadows, tag themselves as action hero operators, the kind of guys you want in your foxhole or clearing corners with you. You can't ask for the moniker, it just happens. Sure. Running with men like Colt Raynor is scary shit at times, more often than not resulting in someone shoving curlics to the bone in your bleeder or even pulling your dog tags and zipping up your body bag. And yes, sometimes pinning another worthless medal on your chest. Why do men and women do it? Why do some American men and women aspire to serve the ranks of the most elite, top-secret organizations— where your every move is analyzed, every shot counted, and every hit a pressure cooker. Why would a small team of Delta operators conduct a high-risk daytime hit in the middle of Tripoli, the Libyan capital, to roll up Abu Anas Alibi in October 2013? Sure, the scumbag was a senior Al-Qaeda member and wanted by the United States in connection to the bombing of American embassies in Tanzania and Kenya in 1998 with at least a $5 million bounty on his head. But was it the cocktail talking again? Or something else? More so than ever, the full assault mode mission is filled with subtle first-hand experiences, both from my military service as well as my post-retirement career. Things I've witnessed a small band of unsung men and women voluntarily do again and again, from one battlefield or protected area to another, and done sans fanfare.